The Ostomy Nurse Project. Hey there, and welcome everybody to the Ostomy Nurse Project, the podcast that talks about living with your insides on the outside. As usual, it's Felicity, your host, and we're going to be covering an episode today that has been requested by a listener who suggested some sort of emotional support series of episodes that looks at supporting the person with a new stoma and in getting them through those first few, few weeks to months of living life with a new ostomy. And I thought that was a really fantastic idea and, and I do plan in the future to do more episodes where we actually interview psychologists and psychiatrists and support workers who do assist people with stomas. But from a stoma nurse perspective, I thought it would be a great way to get you started by talking talking about a topic that we don't acknowledge a lot that we actually provide to the patient when stomas are new. As a stomal therapy nurse, there's quite a large focus on the physical aspects of learning to deal with a stoma. But one of the things that does happen in the background that we don't typically broadcast a lot is the psychological support that we provide you when you're learning to deal with something completely new like a stoma. So if this is the first episode that you've tuned into, firstly, welcome. You've missed a few months before you, but that's fine. That's the beauty of podcasting. You can go back and pick and choose episodes that you like. But if this is the first one that you've tuned into, you may be a person who has just recently undergone stoma surgery. So you may be living with a new stoma. You may have had your stoma for a little while, or you may be a person who's actually contemplating having stoma surgery. Alternatively, you may be a family member, a friend or a loved one of somebody that does have a stoma who you may want to know how uh, we support them emotionally and psychologically adjusting to their new life. Or you may be a healthcare professional or somebody that cares for somebody with a stoma and you want to know how to support them better emotionally through their new stoma journey. And in particular, learning to look at the cues that a person may be giving you to show that whether the emotional response that they are having to their new stoma is something that is fairly typical or if they're displaying behaviours that may be a little bit out of the norm or may be a bit worrying to the person who's observing that and how we get around that and the things that we look for and how to support that person if we feel that they may be struggling in getting used to their, their new ostomy. And so the topic of today's episode really is looking at what we call psychological first aid, which relates to the psychological trauma of something that happens to a person. And I will talk about that a little bit more in depth about how stoma surgery can be a traumatic psychological event for some people. But also I want to talk about the the first aid part of things because the first aid is the immediate support that we as stoma nurses and you as carers and, and people connected to those with stomas have to provide that person when something like stoma surgery has happened. So before I get started, I do just want to credit a particular website where I got a lot of my information from, and that is from Trauma Victoria. I know it sounds a little bit odd talking about Trauma Victoria because your your instant thought might be physical trauma, um, ambulance system, immediate first responders, and that sort of thing, which the website Trauma Victoria does provide a lot of information for. But 
They also produce a podcast that was very, very helpful in talking about psychological first aid. So I do want to credit those at Trauma Victoria for providing this information about psychological trauma and how first responders do manage that, because a lot of it actually relates to what we do in a stomal therapy field. So if you ever want more information on psychological trauma, you can go to trauma.reach.vic.gov.au and that will talk about the different types of trauma that people sustain. But if you have a look or search in their website for psychological trauma, a lot of the information that you read will be related to what I'm going to talk about in this episode today. All right, let's get started. One of the important things to define, I believe, is is what we actually mean when we say psychological trauma. I don't mean someone taking a club and beating you over the head until your mind goes fuzzy. The actual definition commonly of psychological trauma is a difficulty in a person being able to function normally or typically following a certain event or a certain experience that they may have had. Or perhaps a distressing event that might be outside or or unusual to the typical human experience. So we have lots of normal experiences in everyday life. Things happen to us. We, you know, we, we go through stressful times. We have great times. We have certain things that happen unexpectedly to us. But within all of that, that's what we would consider our usual human experience through our interactions with people, through our our lives, we would have certain things happen. A distressing event that causes psychological trauma may be an event that might be a bit outside of the usual human experience. And what I mean by that is potentially those that undergo stoma surgery. It's not like every day people are expecting to have a stoma formed. Even if it's an elective stoma and people choose to have it done, the overall experience of having to go in and have a stoma formed surgically is an unusual occurrence for people. It is not something that everybody knows about. It's not something that is typically talked about. So if I was to say to somebody, look, you need a stoma or you're about to go into surgery and have a stoma formed, that's not your typical human experience. And so you can appreciate that a person having an unusual human experience like this may possibly have a bit of difficulty in functioning normally after this event. Now, it's important to reiterate that no single person will have the same uh, response to trauma. Some people cope very well with trauma. Some people don't cope as well as others who cope with trauma. So the experience that a person has or that an individual has, let's say if they're going in for stoma surgery, will not necessarily be an overly acute response or an overly distressing response. It largely depends on the person. And some reactions that people have to stoma surgery might be very minimal or mild. And some reactions to stoma surgery might be more severe. And we do see that and we recognize that in the work that we do in stomal therapy. And I'll talk about that a bit later. But overall, we're all different people and therefore we will react differently to the concept of a stoma. And so let's look at normal day situations, every day-to-day things. When things happen in life, most people have the ability to adapt and think rationally and, and relatively calmly when these stresses or these traumatic events happen to our bodies or, or to us as people. But it's when somebody is presented with an acute 
situation or an unusual event that our thinking processes do tend to react rather differently to what we would normally expect. And, and also our bodies react differently to that as well. Because it's unusual. It's not something that we expect. Something happens to us and we think to ourselves, our, our minds start saying to us, oh, this is different. This is very different. I'm not used to this. This is something new. I'm not sure how to handle it. And therefore, the bodily responses might be increase in adrenaline. You might get anxious. You might get nervous. You might start having emotional responses. People might start crying, getting scared or fearful. People might even get angry or frustrated. The body will react in terms of how our psychological processes are also reacting, typically. And that's what you and I know of as the flight or fight response. It is our body and our mind's response to an acute situation where we either need to pump ourselves full of adrenaline to cope with this situation and therefore we fill up with stress hormones like cortisol so that we can either fight this situation or we can run away from it and escape that situation. So when we're in our flight or fight response, the thoughts and the emotions that we have on the inside are very easily pushed outwards and they become externalized. And these are where we start to see, like I said, the typical um, angry patient or somebody who shuts down very, very closely. They may cry a lot. They may be very angry and lashing out at their family members or their loved ones who they wouldn't typically lash out at. When we experience these traumas, we become uh, a bit like a robot and we push aside that simple, rational calmness in our head that tells us how to get through this in a, in a practical way, that gets shoved aside. And because we are forced to think very, very quickly and very, very uh, acutely in order to deal with the trauma that the person is suffering at that particular moment. Let's focus on that a little bit more from a stomal therapy point of view. When we see patients or family mem members of patients who have experienced a psychological trauma like a brand new stoma, the patient may display a number of normal responses that we would typically expect, as well as a number of differing or perhaps different responses that may also happen. And these are things like a patient may feel quite a bit of anxiety quite a bit of guilt. Guilt is a really common one for a lot of people, uh, especially when stomas are new. They may feel guilty about perhaps being stuck in hospital when they may normally be a carer for somebody else, or they feel like they should be focusing on uh, somebody else who requires their help or their, or their support. So they do get very guilty for being stuck in hospital or for being unwell. They feel guilty about having to take time to heal. Denial is also a big one. Uh, a lot of patients in the initial phases, if they can't cope with that psychological trauma of learning how to look at their stoma, manage their stoma, they often have a little bit of denial. Oh, no, I won't be doing this. My wife or my husband or my daughter will do all of my stoma care for me. I, I won't do this. I'm not dealing with a stoma. That's a very common and typical response to somebody in those initial stages of experiencing psychological trauma. We also see a lot of agitation and anger. They're all very common and it's something that we see with any patient, stoma or no stoma. It's a response to psychological trauma, agitation, anger, patients lashing out at their family and loved ones. This is all very common. 
And in addition to that, the physical responses like I mentioned before, fatigue, nausea, difficulty breathing, perhaps chest pain, vomiting, diarrhea, um, and even things that we may observe like uh, the patients being withdrawn or, or even somewhat pacing up and down. They can't sit still. They want to get up. They want to do stuff instead of recovering. So the patient may have difficulty settling um, or they may even be quite suspicious of our behavior, particularly when we are teaching them how to look at their supplies and suss out what it is that they're going to be using. Some people get very suspicious. What are you doing there? Why are you doing that? Why are you bringing me these supplies? Why do I need to sign this? What are you doing now? They all become very curious and and it becomes a suspicious situation because they want to feel safe. And I'll talk about that again in a minute. But these are all the responses to psychological and physical trauma that we see for patients that have a new stoma. One of the other really common things that we see in stomal therapy when we're trying to care for patients who have a new stoma is that the patient may appear to have some confusion. They may have perhaps very poor concentration that they can't seem to focus on the process at hand in learning how to manage their stoma. They may have difficulty in problem solving. So something as easy as take this spray to help you peel your bag off a bit like a Band-Aid. That that in itself seems relatively simple when I say it back to you, but a person who is suffering from psychological or physical trauma or both may actually have difficulty negotiating that. They can't think outside that square or outside the immediate situation to be able to manage the process of caring for a stoma. And then, of course, in an internal sense, and this is something that we you have to become very clever at being able to recognize in some people is that some patients have um, unusual or intrusive thoughts and even images. You know, sometimes after we've seen a patient, we've had our first lesson with them and they've taken down their bag and they've had a look at their stoma or perhaps their wound, their surgical sites for the very first time. Without actually talking about it too much, there, there are some people who have thoughts Um, and these images in their mind about that experience because the experience of looking at your insides that are now on your outside is a traumatic event for these people. And sometimes you may have these intrusive thoughts or these pictures that keep going through your mind. You know, you might keep seeing that stoma. It might take over your mind a little bit. You might focus on those images a bit too much. And some people even uh, disclose the fact that those images stick in their mind for ages. When there's a traumatic event that they have to look at, those images stay in their mind for a very long time and it can even affect their sleeping patterns or the way that they function normally. Now, it's also very important to reiterate at this point that all of these things that I've just spoken about, all of these reactions and these responses to a traumatic event like a stoma are actually very typical and are actually very normal uh, in the process of learning to deal with a, with a stoma. Again, people's responses may be different between each one of us, depending on the person and how they cope. But all of these responses are responses that a lot of people will have. And it is a process that a lot of people will go through and that they will experience when they're dealing with a new stoma. So I don't want you to think that the things that I'm talking about mean that you are abnormal or that you're not coping with it and that you are crazy or deranged. No, all of these things are actually very typical responses to trauma. 
It is how we support you in dealing with those thoughts and those feelings and those reactions that is going to help bring you through that experience and come out the other side having the typical responses to help resolve those feelings and so that you can learn to move on from that experience and live your life normally again with your new stoma. So who's at risk of developing uh, abnormal thoughts and feelings? about this and and those that suffer psychological trauma who may be at risk of suffering perhaps an extreme version of these thoughts and feelings, which is what we call PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, which you may have all heard about. So there's a bit of a tipping point between what is considered a normal response to trauma and what is considered unusual or atypical or where somebody may not be coping with these thoughts and feelings and they may be experiencing severe trauma related to that incident. Vulnerable kids and teens are often more at risk, um, depending on the situation that they're in. Those with mental health concerns or previous trauma, as well as those with disabilities, can also be at higher risk of suffering abnormal psychological and emotional responses to something like the trauma of a, of a stoma. The coping strategies for these people are actually different, um, different from what I've just spoken about or how we typically respond to this type of trauma. The coping strategies for these people may be very different in some circumstances. So it's important for us to recognize that if there's any of these risk factors, that this person may not go through that process of of getting through that trauma in a typical fashion and may need additional support with their experience. Also, the frail and elderly people with, with multiple illnesses or comorbidities, well, you don't have to be old to have multiple comorbidities, but those that are particularly vulnerable, which include the elderly, they might have a different physical response to the trauma as well that we also have to deal with. Because of their surrounding illnesses or the problems that they may be having, their responses to psychological and physical trauma are also different. So that needs to be managed in a slightly different way as well. So why, as a stomal therapy nurse, do we have to focus on all of these responses that our our patients have? One of the reasons that we do focus on, obviously, the the psychological well-being or the mental health well-being of the person with the stoma is that we are in a position where we are aiming to, I suppose, reduce the risk of that person developing an abnormal response to having a stoma. Or we can at least try to minimize the possibility that that person may go on to develop PTSD. It's essentially placing that person in the best possible situation to cope with the journey that they are going to have when they have their stoma, both the physical and the psychological journey. And one of the ways that we do that is by engaging with you very early on in the piece. So whether that is a pre-operative counselling session or pre-operative site marking uh, or education session, if you are lucky enough to have one of those, that is where we start engaging with you to establish a good relationship and to understand a little bit about your background or your journey that's brought you up to the point of having a stoma. So within that, once we understand a part of your journey or we understand a little bit about you as a person, The post-operative care and education, yes, will focus on the physical side of things, but our aim is to get you back into your typical pattern of how you cope with things or helping you to engage somebody, a professional, a family member, 
a friend, whoever is close to you, we aim to help you engage with them so that you can process the trauma a lot quicker and hopefully get back to normal. So how do we do that? There's actually a tool that we use, and it's a tool that is used by the World Health Organization, otherwise known as WHO, and they explain the concept of psychological first aid, which is what this episode is all about. And that is all based on research and clinical information. So as WHO describes psychological first aid, they say it's a compassionate and caring way of helping people that are affected by a traumatic event by assisting and reducing their initial distresses, and fostering a natural process of recovery. That's really all it is. We're just helping to guide you along the normal processes of coping with something that's scary and horrible and traumatic for you. And in doing so, as stoma nurses, we are trying to build your ability to recover by supporting you in being able to recognize your needs, your immediate physical and emotional needs, where your strengths lie and where your weaknesses may lie and reconnecting you with your support system. So as I mentioned before, family members, loved ones, friends, professionals, if need be, to get you back on that path. Now, what is it not? It's not counselling. I am not a certified practising psychologist in any way. I am not a social worker. I'm not a, a mental health expert. I am a stomal therapy nurse. So I'm not expecting to take on the role of a mental health professional for those that do require help. When we recognize the signs of behavior that might be out of the norm, we have the capacity to refer to those professionals if we felt that you needed additional help to get you through this journey. So there's five basic interventions of psychological first aid. So if I am a person who is supporting you through your stomal therapy journey, there are five aspects to psychological first aid that I will aim to promote whilst you are under my care. And these are promoting safety, calmness, connectedness, self-efficiency, and finally hope. Let's cover the first one, which is promoting safety. When we talk about safety, I'm not talking about removing sharp objects from your room, although that is a consideration in some cases. I'm talking about actually considerations for potentially removing the person from the direct threat or the exposure that's making them feel so traumatized. Now, it's very difficult to remove a person from their stoma because it might be the stoma that is traumatizing them, but there are certainly ways of removing somebody from having to deal with the stoma, I suppose. And particularly on, you know, day one or the first couple of days post-operatively when the stoma nurse is seeing you, we generally tend to resume care of your stoma for you. Um, and we, we get to a stage where you are willing and able to start removing your pouch and have a look at the stoma, learning how to take on self-care. But that can take a while for some people. So when I talk about promoting safety, we promote an environment that makes you feel that you are in a safe space whilst you're in hospital getting used to your stoma. We don't pull your bags off. We don't force you to look at it. We don't force you to deal with leaking bags. Our job as nurses is to provide compassionate care for you and that compassionate care and the therapeutic relationship that we develop with you is what's going to help you to feel safe in the environment that you're in. So that can be anything like providing physical and emotional comfort. Um, Providing physical comfort can be something just as easy as, you know what, 
this stoma care is getting a little bit difficult. I can see that it's upsetting you. Why don't we just pop it away for today and we'll try again tomorrow? Providing emotional comfort. You are okay. It's okay to be feeling this way. You don't have to think about getting home straight away. We will take care of this in time. Again, it's all about promoting safety. And in the first few days postoperatively, if you are suffering the typical uh, traumatic responses to having a stoma, providing physical and emotional comfort measures will suffice to make you feel safe in those initial few days. When you are wounded, you have that flight or fight response. So by a nurse providing a calm, supportive attitude during your recovery, that will help to A, maintain that therapeutic relationship that we have with you, but also to make you feel like you are in a safe place and that no further trauma will be happening to you in that very moment. Now, the next one I like to talk about is promoting calmness. And I like to talk about calmness because I can guarantee you, you will very rarely find a stomal therapy nurse who walks in and panics at any situation. Trust me, we have seen it all. We've heard it all. We've touched it all. We've managed it all. So when we come across a situation where there's a lot of I suppose you could say high energy in a patient's room when things are new, we have an amazing ability to remain very, very calm. You know, my motto for anything to do with stomas is never panic. There's never a reason to panic. We don't panic. We take things nice and calmly. And we've all seen plenty of situations where the environment is not calm. You know, sometimes when you're trying to recover, there's lots of doctors coming through. There's lots of nurses coming through. You might have the physiotherapists or the dietitians wanting to come in. People are lining up at your door to try and get you to do things. And that can be very overwhelming. Another aspect is the, the high energy that family and loved ones bring. Because we all know that family dynamics can be a little bit different. When family members or friends come to see you, you often have a lot of people wanting to come and see you and support you in hospital when you're recovering. And that in itself can promote a very high energy environment. So promoting calmness is a way of stabilizing the person who is overwhelmed, um, particularly for those of you who have a stoma. So we look at the person who is vulnerable and we identify your needs at that time and we make sure that we target those needs. So if that means bringing the atmosphere down a notch and keeping things nice and calm and talking to you and reassuring you, perhaps in some cases even removing the source of that anxiety and that energy, which might be family, it might be staff, it might be a certain situation. If we can remove you from that, we will try and do that to keep things calm. So you feel safe when you are calm and you can process thoughts a lot easier in a calm fashion. If you're all hyped up, you're not going to be able to think straight and nothing's going to get done if there's a lot of high anxiety and high energy around you. Now, the next intervention is promoting connectedness. So when the person or the patient with a stoma is in a calm situation and ready to proceed through their recovery, encouraging that person to get back to their normal coping mechanisms is something that we try and focus on. So when I say that, I mean things like helping you to establish contact with your loved ones, your family, whoever your emotional support person is. We aim to try and bring them in to help promote a connected feeling with somebody because that also makes you feel safe in many situations. It all comes back to feeling safe so that you can proceed through the normal emotional recovery and psychological recovery 
in regards to having a stoma. Now, in stomal therapy, we we always typically involve the family. If a person is going home with a new stoma, 90% of the time there will be a family member who needs to be involved in that person's stoma care in some aspects, in some way, shape or form. It doesn't have to be taking on that person's stoma care fully, but certainly having the support person there to have the conversations with about education, about what life is going to be like when you get home, having that support person there also helps to have a second person's ears listening to the conversation because when we're sick and when we're recovering, we might not necessarily hear the things that we think that we're hearing. Remember at the very start when I said that we become very black and white when there is trauma and we sometimes have trouble focusing on things that need immediate attention. So having that support person with you during your recovery is a really good way of keeping everyone together and keeping them close. And when we work with you as the patient, we respect those relationships that you hold dear because those relationships are what's going to help you recover emotionally from having stoma surgery. And that's things like respecting cultural norms as well, or perhaps even religious processes, putting you in contact or or maintaining connectedness with your faith or with your culture um, is something that we also focus on. Because again, if that is where your faith lies, we want to support that and we want to put you back in touch with those resources so that you can tap into them at a time when you are vulnerable and you need help. And then the other aspect of promoting connectedness is if we do start to see these abnormal behaviors in you or if we feel like you may be suffering the symptoms of PTSD or not quite coping with aspects of stoma surgery, we can then put you into contact with those other professionals that I mentioned before, social workers, mental health professionals, psychologists, doctors, if that's needed. We are the resource that can help connect you with those appropriate people. Now, the fourth aspect to psychological first aid is to promote self-efficiency or self-efficacy, as you may hear it as well. That means getting people to meet their own needs, promoting independence. And a lot of that is through the physical education of teaching you to deal with your stoma by starting to hand over the reins to you and get you to manage your own stoma at a time when you're ready with getting you to become self-efficient. Now, We as stoma nurses can't assume to know what it is that you want or necessarily what it is that you need. So when we talk about promoting self-efficacy, we cover things like making sure that you've got a plan for what to do next. Have you got support from your friends? Have you got a family member coming down to look after you temporarily when you go home? Have you got the necessary supports in place to be able to manage when you're discharged from hospital? Have you got somebody, perhaps a carer or even district nurses who may be required to assist you upon your discharge. What would you like to do next as the patient? Have you arranged any temporary accommodation so that it will help you in your journey? These are the the questions that we ask and these are the things that we help to plan with you to make sure that we can encourage you to remain as independent as possible, to recover from surgery and to learn to live life with a new stoma. 
And then the final intervention that I want to talk about is how to convey hope. And that might sound like a strange term, but conveying hope gives people something to strive for and something to look forward to, particularly in those post-operative stages when, you know, you're feeling quite rotten and you're trying to recover. You might have some pain and discomfort and your, your whole brain is just trying to process getting through those initial weeks of recovery before you can move on and start becoming independent. So when I talk about conveying hope, it, it's important to explain what the future will bring, I suppose, talking about the fact that the way that they're feeling now will pass, the way that their bodies have changed, they will become accustomed to. So it's a little bit of reassurance, but it's also important for us to start talking about the future because it gives the person with a stoma the concept or, or encourages them to believe that there is a quality of life future for them if they're living with a stoma. Sometimes that thought can get pushed to the back of the mind and particularly in cases where stomas have been formed in an emergency or quite unexpectedly, the thought that you know life is going to be permanently different, the person won't be able to go on, the situation seems hopeless, is, is a very common reaction when, when stomas are formed in this case. So it's important for us to reassure you as a person with a stoma that this temporary situation and how you're feeling at this particular moment will pass. It does pass for everybody that goes through this. Some people find their hope in their faith, which is what I talked about earlier. If faith is part of that person's life, then encouraging them to explore their faith or get back in touch with their faith is also a really good means of conveying hope that they will get through this with, with support through their faith and, and, and staying staunch to the faith that they practice. It is, it's a helpful way of remaining hopeful that the situation will improve. So there you go. They're the five interventions or the five principles of promoting psychological care and psychological first aid, particularly to a person who has a stoma. So we look at promoting safety, making sure the person feels safe and protected in that initial stages. We promote calmness. Everything we do has a sense of calm. There is no need to panic and that person can process thoughts and feelings at a pace that is very gentle. Promoting connectedness, getting you in touch with those that are close to you, making sure that you have those people around you that make you feel grounded and can keep you sane and calm and support you in your journey. Promoting self-efficiency or self-efficacy, so eventually getting you to become independent with your stoma, achieving those goals of stoma care so that you can go on to realize that there is hope and through promoting hope, you can see that there is light at the end of that tunnel and that as traumatic as this whole stoma journey is initially, there are people in place that are supporting you and guiding you through this journey so that you can come out the other side and adjust to, I suppose, your new normal or adjust to life with a stoma for at least the length of time that you have that stoma. So there we are. That's my little talk on psychological first aid. It's the first step in talking about getting through the emotional side of things when it comes to stomas. And eventually, in future episodes, as I mentioned, we'll go on to do things like interviews with uh, healthcare workers and professionals, particularly mental health specialists or social workers, and we'll delve a bit more into that. But as we're coming up towards the end of 2019, we've got to start wrapping up some of these episodes 
And I think we're going to push out maybe perhaps one or two more episodes for the remainder of the year. They'll be Christmas-related specials. So in the meantime, I thank you very much for listening to this episode and I thank you to everybody who has tuned in this year. It's been amazing. If you like the content that you listen to on the Oz to Be Nurse project, please jump onto whichever platform you listen to us from and either rate or leave a comment for us. Let us know how that we're doing. And by all means, please do leave suggestions about content that you want to hear about because that's how this episode came about as well. You guys have a wonderful day. You are listening to the Oz to Me Nurse Project coming to you from down under, just like where your psychologically sound little stoma is. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.